0: Well, hello everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 772, recording today, Wednesday the 20th, not the 13th, as I had in the poster frame, beg your pardon, of September. This is the Music Technology Show. We talk about all the news from the music tech world, including instruments, software, production stuff, uh, all, the, all the tech that's happening everywhere, and there's lots of it about. It's back. We're back from a rather bereft summer of uh, of scrabbling about, looking for things to talk about. We've got a bit more stuff, although it hasn't filled up full steam yet, and uh, not all of it's completely happy happy news, but we'll get there. Uh, I want to say thank you very much to all our friends in the IRC. Special shout out to Wagyu for his moderation, and we're making the, uh, all the the stuff work in the background? He's looking after the back end of this because if you're watching on Twitch or you're watching on Facebook or you're watching on YouTube or IRC, actually not Facebook, but the others, you can, and, and Discord, you can um, uh, basically comment there and they will show up in a sort of master comments and they cross-post. In fact, if you've got any questions that you'd like to ask, we do try and get around to it, but not always. Just start with QQ and if we don't get around to it this week, it will go into the queue and we'll see them for next week. I mean, obviously, they might not be um, relevant by the time we get round to it. But I'm not making a very good job of selling this, am I? But anyway, you should also consider joining us on Discord. We've got an invite there, bit.ly slash Sonic Discord. I've got a growing community of of people there that uh, like to get stuck in. Uh, Also, uh, no show next week. Uh, I've got a break, Uh, just taking a break. And then when we get back... Uh, Next weekend, uh, not this weekend coming, next weekend is going to be Machine and Brush and the weekend after that Synth Fest. So it's going to be a very busy time, so keep an eye out for stuff. Uh, We've got an Ableton Push 3 feature where we talk to Simon Stokes about going from the studio across to Push 3 in standalone mode and how you might use that in a live situation. And I've got the Norand uh, Synth, the Norand uh, Mono here, which uh, I'm looking forward to. I'm not going to get around to it um, just yet, but... Just thought I'd say it arrived, so looking forward to getting my hands on that. Anyway, uh, we'll get on to our guests. Uh, first up, we've got Mr. Robin Vincent uh, from Molton Music Tech, who's there in his shed, fresh from his mm-hmm. own Emon performance. A great video, Robin, on the, on the whole process and and the experience. Uh, really, I found that very interesting, particularly the um, the kind of... When you got to the next day and you said, Well, okay, all those decisions I made about my rack and what I was going to do, how did they work out? What was that? I mean, that, and you're right, it's a massive learning process, isn't it? I mean, did you find it refreshing mm. to do something like that that was more in the moment? I know you made content out of it, but how was the actual evening?
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, always. I mean, I'm always intending to go every single month (laughs) because it's on like the first Thursday every month. And I plan to go and then other things get in the way, Uh, mostly taking kids to places annoyingly. But uh, no, but uh, yes, doing an imam is, it's just such a, it's a thing that you can do on the spur of the moment. You don't feel you have to have prepared deeply, um, but certainly you're going to put some thought into it. And I think, uh, and those processes are really interesting because you're throwing yourself into a slightly chaotic life situation where you don't have a a, a, a great deal of control over what's going on, but it's short enough for that not really to matter. You, you're never going to put yourself in a dangerous situation. You're never going to feel like, oh, I completely failed because you yeah. could probably just turn it on and walk away and come back 15 minutes later and people go, oh, we'll give you a polite round of applause, you know. But if you can do more than that, then you have an opportunity to to try stuff out. You know, will it work if I... If I do is it interesting to do this? Can I reach that button and do that at the same time while not being able to see properly and not being able to hear properly and, you know, two beers in, that kind of thing. So it's it's a fascinating, a fascinating experience, I think. I'd highly yeah. recommend it.
0: And very uplifting. I mean, the thing that we found uh, mm. after we did ours—I mean, I'm banging on about it—but it, it was—it's just this massive adrenaline high and just really good ah. energy because we did end up with, we did end up with a lot of uh, just happy people, and it makes you feel good. Yeah. And also, I think as we do, as an organizer, as we try and get each one more and more more better. You know, you you come away thinking, yeah, we did some more. It wasn't worse, you know. There's a there's a sort of trajectory, and it's it's yeah, it's very very good fun. Anyway, I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. it worked out for you, Robin. Uh, we've also got yoad uh, Nevo there in uh, with a barking dog in a big echoey room, but glad to have him. So I'm guessing yoad uh, is not in London today, but probably in uh, somewhere nice and warm and uh, and you know out of the sun. How are you?
2: Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, I'm here in uh, Portugal. Uh, but I've taken uh, some work with me um, I'm working on a really kick-ass uh, drill mix. And it's just unbelievable how the kick, you know, the whole thing is the kick. It's all about the kick. It's just all about the kick and it has to be hard and it has to be really big, but you, and it has to have all these harmonics, but it can't be distorted like ha- like a hardcore kick. You know what I mean? It has to to be clean, punchy, big, dirty, in your face, uh, fat, pun- you know right. everything. And it's just uh, so. I started the mix uh, in the studio in London, and I'm, and I'm tweaking it now, um, and then I'm gonna finish it tomorrow when I'm when I'm back in the studio, uh, also working on uh, some production, and I'm actually recording guitars here, and I kind of discovered the DI sound on the Scarlett, uh, you know, those little uh, focus Thing yeah. thingies. Uh, I don't know which one I have, an old one, gen- second generation or whatever, and it's, actually, it's almost too good. I mean, uh, usually the, the kind of DI, the, the, the high-z inputs on, on those sound cards, traditionally, they, they, were, they were horrible. And this one, especially on the strut, the instrument input, is really, really bright. And it sounds really lovely without having to do much to it. Uh, so much so that I actually switched it to, to the line input. So it's kind of the wrong impedance. So you lose some of the top end and you, and you oh, get some okay. of the, the, the fatness, uh, no noise. So it, obviously it has to have more gain, but, um, yeah, kind of enjoying that. I have all my fancy DIs and stuff, uh, back in, in, in the studio, but there's something about recording a guitar in in a room, in a house, you know, or not in, in the studio. And there's something kind of there's some freedom in that, uh, right? And yeah, so I'm enjoying that. I, and I'm disappoint.
0: Uh, I am a bit disappointed, yeah, because I, I had in my head, I'm thinking, right, he's got an AC30 the other side of that room, and he's going to put a, a ribbon mic up in the corner, and it's going to be roomy as hell. <laughs> But it's not. That's not the sound um, you're going for. I, I like the idea that you went there for the sound of the room to record your guitars. But that's not the case in this in this instance.
2: That's not the case. However, I, one one time I, when I was in in Tel Aviv, I, I used to have a setup uh, there as well, and I didn't have an amp, and I had to record the bass, um, you know, through an amp because plugins sometimes don't cut it uh, that was a long time ago they didn't cut it back then and what i did i had this um active um, i think it's altec like one of these active speakers oh, yeah. and i plugged i plugged the bass straight into that and i recorded the speaker through the macbook mic <laughs> and it's, you know it does the trick because when you have some air moving yeah the sound the sound quality wasn't great but the vibe because it was it was kind of a disco kind of raw track and it had to have that kind of bass sound that that was the, the, the what, what, what was moving the, the entire track and um, yeah and with some trickery and stuff but but at least when you get the the, the basic the, the rawness of of the and the playing and all that uh, so yeah sometimes you get by with with what you have and and you yeah. know otherwise it would be boring if we all had oh, you know yeah. the, We all have the perfect gear and all the, the perfect plugins and everything i, and, I always yeah
0: i know what you mean i know what you mean I, I i I go back i have this one guitar sound in a demo i used to do i, I had which was a port studio and I remember I had plugged the guitar in directly into the Porta Studio channel, turned the guitar right up so it was d- distorted. Horrible Porta Studio pre- mic preamp distortion. And I also recorded me playing the electric guitar in the room and blended them together. And everybody I played it to went, Wow, what an amazing guitar sound. What's that? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that was thirty. I, I've never surpassed that. It was thirty years ago, at least, and up, no, forty probably. And I've never, I've never been able to better it. But I don't record guitars, so I don't feel I have to worry about it too much. Anyway, uh, lovely to have you both. Um, so plenty to be going on with. Um, I, I suppose uh, Woody Forrest will be delighted because he's been hassling in the chat room for m- weeks. He's always telling me that I. I, I how to how to report on things but finally we've actually got a topic he may be interested in so here we go this is the uh, new yamaha synthesizer sneak peek yamaha have just uh, posted their um uh, the sneak peek of what we think is the montage m i know uh, robbie pericelli wrote the original story on uh, on, on gear news uh, and there's some synths demos here let's see if we, this might work i think it actually sounds these sound nice I think. Uh, the Montage M, which apparently has an uh, a engine with FMX and AWM2, we think. I and mean, it's all still at T's level. Uh, what else is there? There's a couple of other really nice ones in here. I should play. What's that? Where's the piano? There was a piano. Piano sounded really nice, I thought. Actually, if I scroll down, we can show some uh, teasy pictures of it all as well. So, new touchscreen. I mean, basically, I can't really see much of a difference between this and the other montage, apart from the fact it may look like it's got more of a Modi X construction vibe, which is sort of lower cost. And so maybe the whole thing is going to be just a little less expensive. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hold on, I probably need to figure out how to turn that off. because It's all gone a bit Muzak. Um... I don't know. I mean, I must admit, uh, workstations don't generally get me all that thrilled. But I have to say, I, I had the X here just as a sort of demo. I didn't review the whole thing, but just the sound of it and the sound of those Yamahas. And the same goes for the the, the big Roland workstations. There's something about the sound of them that definitely... Is an improvement over your average sort of dedicated instrument. I mean, not talking great analog stuff, but your average sort of maybe DSP or multi multi workstation. They they have a thing going on. I oh, know, Robin. I mean, you know you. You write for Gear News as well. You will have probably covered hmm. these forever. People get really evangelical and uh, uh, say Woody Forrest. He was so upset that we didn't cover the rumours before they actually posted it. I mean, literally, last week he was insulting me in the chat. I told him off, but hopefully this week he's happy. <laughs> People get very evangelical yeah. about these things, don't they?
1: They do. They do. It's a big deal, I guess. I mean, the the first whiff we had of it was Yamaha discontinuing it, which is a little bit of a, oh, really? Everyone's sort of fed up with these kind of workstation keyboards? Oh, I don't blame them, I would have thought to myself. Maybe it's time to move on to something exciting and Yamaha going to dazzle us with the CS80 V2. You know, who knows what could come out of uh, those mines over there. But no, we get the montage back with another letter and uh but people do M, get very excited think. about these sorts of things yeah yeah and i mean quite rightly so i i, I guess it's one of those weird things where it's the sort of synthesizer when you walk into a music shop and uh, you kind of look at and then you wander off and play with other things but it's not but it's also the sort of synthesizer that you when you actually sit down and play one it does have this depth of mm-hmm. sound engine which you won't find anywhere else you could sit down and just play with that forever and you wouldn't need to to, to to dabble in other synthesizers, but it's not a it's not the sort of platform that that I want to spend any time in particularly. Although I do appreciate the sound, but then the sound is is I think it's that it's sort of the, it's a studio perfection sound. It's a live performance perfection sound. It's it's the sound mm. where you're 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 trying to. Uh, to become a whole range of different instruments in different scenarios. And so it doesn't have to have character. It doesn't have to have a quirk to it. It needs to sort of do the job every day. And I think that's perhaps is, its appeal is its ability to to be the thing you need it to be as opposed to an instrument that's going to take you on ha- an emotional journey, you know. Yeah, I think that's true. I
0: think the other thing that's very interesting about these is uh, they're generally uh, – yeah, I mean – Bless them, but Yamaha do not make beautiful things. They just, the, the, mm-hmm. their industrial design is not, it's really interesting. There was a conversation I think we were having about, it uh, 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 came up a few months ago. There was, I think there was, it was um, Richie Horton and John michel Jarre were having, uh, were just having sake or something. And there was a video and they were just saying, isn't it funny how Japan is the home of feng shui and all this t- attention to beautiful cultural design, yet their electronic music instruments I just don't have any of that, you know. And it's not just them. I mean, they just generally are not particularly beautiful anymore. And uh, and yet, you know, they're extremely functional. And, the, and I suppose this is distillation. I'd say workstation perhaps is a bit strong because they don't generally have a lot of sequencing in them, the montage. They're more... Uh, for uh, phrases and arpeggiators, I seem to remember. But I, I, I could be wrong now. I can't, it's been a while since I've done anything with them. At, um, but multi-timbrality, multi-outputs, I mean, very powerful things. Mm. I mean, I don't know, Joad, you know, I mean, you must come across people, I guess once you've done your work and you've made them sound fantastic and they've rocketed to the charts, they suddenly need to be able to <laughs> reproduce it live and then we look to this sort of thing. But do you get much of this stuff as a sound source in your world?
2: Um, sometimes maybe I don't even know it because sometimes I get like whatever sample pianos that could either come from a contact library or a montage or phantom or something like that. And sometimes those things really sound great or annoyed or something like that. So usually I don't have a way of, of telling because there are so many, um, but, um, I think that there's something traditionally with those workstations they you know they 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 go for they sell for for quite a lot so it it's it's justified to to make them sound really good and to pack a lot of sounds and you know now these days it's not a problem because it's it's basically a PC and you have SSD and whatever and the storage is not an issue but uh, back when they started it was a big thing so Roland and Yamaha and Korg they had to really cram as much data into those machines, so they they really sculpted the sounds and made them and kind of optimized them to 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 an extent that they were the same with with the with archive libraries and stuff to a lesser extent actually, because you know you still have disks and stuff, but those were romplers, so they they put so much you know, thought and energy and, uh, and knowledge and talent and everything to, to, and, and those sounds became kind of iconic, like the, the M1 piano and, and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think that that trad- tradition kind of, because I don't know what, what it costs, but it's, it's in the thousands, I presume.
0: Well, um, I, the, the, the thing I, the thing I can see about this is it, it looks to me like it might be further away from the motif and closer to the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the, what's the one I reviewed? I can't even remember what it was. The, the more portable sort of, uh, you know, more plastic cased variety. It looked maybe. I mean, I can't tell from the photos, but.
2: Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, they sound amazing. And, uh, some of them, um, and, um, you know i have no justification i'm a guitarist and i'm not a keyboard player so i have no justification whatsoever to get one of those even though sometimes i wish i i did as as a main keyboard because the keyboard is great and the sounds are great and everything about them um and the the addition of the an an1x is great because that's an amazing synth and that's the um that's the first thing synth I got when I moved to London, which was actually 25 years ago in, in August, just 25 years ago. And while I was waiting for my uh, gear to arrive by, by, by sea, um, I went and bought an A and one X, uh, and that was mm. my, my only synth for a while, and I loved it. And, no, I had the virus. I carried it with me. The the virus and I had the, and I had both, which are kind of equivalent in a way. Um, the and I love the A N One X and, and it had a, like an editor on the PC, which was really good. And I still have the banks I've made and all that somewhere. I still have the A N One X, and it is probably the mo- the ugliest. Synth ever or keyboard? It's just horrible. <laughs> at, at the time, it was kind of futuristic looking, so mm-hmm. maybe it, you could get away with it. But but I, I have it. Uh, I, I you know it, it doesn't have a place in my uh, limited sort of uh, keyboard rack, li- limited uh, space I have in the keyboard rack. So I I see it sometimes in the corner there, and it is an ugly thing, but. <laughs> The, so, right, the sounds, the, the <laughs> sounds are great. It's a really beefy synth, and it it didn't have uh, uh, the converters weren't as good as uh, the the virus, so it, it always lacked right. some kind of brightness and and punch. But uh, if they gonna use if they put the engine inside um the the new workstation which i'm sure has like lovely converters then it would probably sound better than the original so uh, that that should be uh that should be interesting
0: yeah uh, i should clarify i didn't say all yamaha synths were ugly i just said a
2: certain piece yeah, the, the 7 was a <laughs> the x 7 was a beautiful and still is a beautiful uh you know in terms of design in design. terms of and and the the Yamaha, the understand and they had some some uh, some kind of iconic uh, instruments, especially in the in the eighties and, uh, and 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 yeah, nineties. Exactly. Uh, but not all of them.
0: No, I just but just this, this before sort of, I get shot down in flames, go go, Robin. <laughs> sorry.
1: I say, well, this sort of keyboard isn't supposed to be fashionable. I don't think, and because few of us are, few of the the people that they're. marketing this too uh, would be seen as hipsters or people who are trying to look cool somewhere you know the 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 nord stage is for people like that whereas this is this is a different sort of thing i think it appeals to to people who just want to sit down and play and sit down and have extraordinary sounds come out from uh, from their fingertips and their explorations you know it's that it's that kind of thing. It's not niggling down to individual parameters necessarily, although I'm sure, undoubtedly, you can open. Yeah, up the sound oh, you can. To oh, totally, you can. Yeah. yeah, but it, but it does. I think there's a massive amount of people it appeals to because of it, just the enormity of the sound engine. You know, in in the same way that. Um, I mean, I would probably prefer personally to use software I'd use software in exactly the same way i'd I'd dig deeply into either contact libraries or into to other software synthesizers and I can see that that appeal is kind of wrapped up, taken off the computer and put into a into a keyboard style interface you can sit there and play so I kind of get it it's it's just not not for me I think.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think there's a there's a massive amount of utility to these things as well, because you get input mm. processing, you get outputs, you get MIDI control. They are generally integrating with, uh, they've got quite close integration with the Steinberg family, because they're also in the same thing. Uh, you know, there is a yeah. lot of stuff that it will do. So it's well worth it. I mean, I imagine that we'll be seeing 88, 76, you know, 61, whatever. The usual suspects and the top of the range may well be, you know, three, $4,000. I don't know. I mean, it may be that it's less because they've they've reduced the sort of build the, the beast build like they did with the motif because people don't want to lug a huge amount of stuff around if they're touring, you know, weight becomes an issue, all of those things. Anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. So uh, Woody, that one was for you. I hope, uh, well, you're not in the chat room this week. So what can I say? You're only there when you're moaning, never when you could say thank you. Anyway, right. Um, uh, gosh, I don't know where to go next. There's loads of stuff. I suppose we should go to the sort of breaking news, which is that there was a recently, uh, uh, well, I'll, I'll press the button and then we can, then we can, come to it Uh, so i'll press the button and yes this is mode electronic what's up uh eagle-eyed people have sort of spotted uh, uh, well, we'll reject the analytics cookies here, this is on the modal electronics site filing, it uh, looks like there's an appointment of an administrator, things aren't looking good on paper at this point so obviously there's been a lot of conjecture about modal electronics, about whether, what's going to happen uh, oh my god, they're going to go out of business or they are out of business, I think actually the truth of it, um, there was also another post, uh, which I think Robin, you you were part, you mm. you wrote, did you? Um, so you spoke yeah. to Christian Stahl who is the MD and Um, it's not quite so clean cut as that, as these things just generally aren't.
1: Well, yes. I mean, I should stress that I didn't speak to anyone as such. My editor at Gearnu spoke to Christian and then got back to me, and then I I was able to see the press release, which they should be releasing today at some point, if they haven't already. Um, So I had a little bit of insider information and was able just to say that uh, the, the word they used was complex restructuring. Now, restructuring is one of those terms which could really mean anything, but if I've t- taken it at face value, as I did for the article, uh, Christian was just saying that they've been through a huge sort of shakeup and mix about, and they are currently almost through it. And part of that is to wind down the UK operation. Um, and it doesn't mean that the company as a whole is going anywhere, they still have, uh, have retained all the staff, they're still producing product, they're still uh, marketing towards the, uh, the Carbonate and the launch on that, so everything is still kind of as it was, but of course many things in the background have changed undoubtedly and people have moved on or uh, premises have changed, um, but the gist of it is as I say, at face value, is that they're all fine. Thanks very much for asking and, um, uh, you know, nothing to see here. Move along.
0: Neither right lot. okay so so it's, it looks like maybe a que- maybe a question of shutting down the uk operation because the uk is probably from a business point of view when you're shipping things all over europe makes things a bit more complicated i'd imagine if they moved yeah. it to mainland europe it would be easier uh, and obviously there's still the ip uh, there's presumably a whole bunch of stocks still out there in shops uh, i mean probably a good idea just to download the latest version of the modal app just just in case there's a break in transmission, I, I, I'm not saying there will be, but it's not a bad shout anyway. And of course, we've got the carbonate, which I still thought maybe what they maybe what the problem is is they took my marketing idea, which was to release a, a, a carbonated drink to go along with it, that they could then do. And maybe that's maybe that's what's done it for them. I don't know, but uh, so well that's good news. But I mean, then again, he would say that now, wouldn't he? Because he's probably looking to get yeah. the investment sorted out and everything. But I I really do hope that that's not the case. I mean, it's always very sad when when a whole brand, you know, disappears. It doesn't happen that often. Mm. Certainly not a company that's got this many products because they, they, they've they got a bunch of products. I mean, obviously there's been transition, you know, they did, they've did they gone from their analogue stuff into the sort of more digital world with the... And a lot mm. of people swear by the Cobalt and, you know, the, uh, I've forgotten what the other one was called. No, it's can The Argonne. The argon. the argon yeah it's nice yeah. nice looking and nice sounding instruments the cobalt was i thought was sounding really lovely actually have you yeah. come across I mean, any of their stuff really... in in oh sorry robin it, i cut you off
1: that's all right well i was just yes yes agreeing and i think certainly the argon and the cobalt have been very well regarded and then the 5s as well which they released uh recently i mean the only blip that i can think of is that they tried to release a filter Uh, On Kickstarter, which was odd because they asked for an enormous amount of money, as if you know, hundreds of millions of people are into EuroRack, which which (laughs) they're not. So it kind of went, no, that's not going to work. So, um, uh, but that's the only thing that I can think of publicly that's been a little bit of a misstep for them. So yeah, yeah, it is it is an odd, uh, an odd thing. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff,
0: personnel stories, and I know uh, 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 Finlay Shakespeare had a, a dalliance with them at some point, and I, I don't think his experience was particularly positive, uh, which no. he has written about. I, I'm not going to repeat any of that here because um, I don't want any litigious uh, business going on. It, it's always sort of sad when this this sort of thing happens, but, I mean, inevitably these things do. Have you have, have you experienced any of their instruments in the flesh? Have you heard any of their stuff? And so kind of- I,
2: I almost feel like um, I'm the cause for this because i was debating whether to get uh, the cobalt or the hydrosine and i eventually went for the hydrosine and had very I very day you know gone for the <laughs> cobalt made all the difference would have been fine you know so um <laughs> i'm sorry about that uh, no i think I, I really wanted the, the cobalt um and uh, yeah i mean uh I hope, you know, I hope they they get by and everything will be fine and uh, they'll continue making uh, great products and everyone will be happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's all you can hope for, really. I mean, I think, you know, and obviously, you know, we we hope that everybody who wants to work at the company can still work at the company and it still all works out, obviously, with... When you're being employed across borders, but that's more of a, a an issue, that a logistical issue, than anything. But uh, I, I know Christian, uh, Christian Stahl, who's now the MD. I mean, he started out, or when I first met him, he was marketing for Beringer back in the day when Beringer did marketing, and he was the sort of one of the good guys, <laughs> and has been for a long time. You know, so I've know, and he worked for UA for a certain amount of time, known him for a really long time. He's a, he, I would say, he's a good a, a good egg. So I'm sure he's doing the right thing and will continue to attempt to do the right thing. I mean, I think uh, it's just a question of, you know, they probably change of ownership and all of that back, you know, having to wind down one company and open another one, transfer of IP. I, I imagine that is quite complicated. And I do hope it works out for them and everybody comes out smelling of roses and it's all good. But I just thought we all put that one in there because, you know, it's that thing. All right. So, um, gosh, there's more, isn't there? there I, I think I think we need to look at... Um, what uh, you, uh, Analog Solutions have been up to because they seem to have been a bit prolific recently. I uh, haven't actually got... They've, they've two things, so we'll play this one. This is just... Uh... Jasky car with the Ample, uh, but they've also got the Maximus, which is absolutely, it's an eight voice analogue poly, which is going to be about 22 grand. This one's going to be about two grand. So, I must admit, from what I heard, it sounded pretty good. Uh, let me see if I can find, uh, did I have a, a link for the Maximus? I thought I did. Let me see. Ah, yeah, here we go. If I bring that up here, yeah. Uh, So there's some pictures of the Maximus as well. And this is sort of following on from the Colossus, which was uh, sort of... It seemed to be a bonkers idea where the Colossus was just like a massive EMS synthy size, sort of university uh, laboratory-style instrument. And and, And it just sold really well. I mean, you know, as many... I want to say really well. Enough to make it worth doing. And this is a similar kind of approach. This is three VCOs per voice uh and what's it at uh, twenty two and a half thousand and uh, a pounds i beg your pardon uh and it's at the, uh, along the same you what i love about this is that there are I, I, I imagine there are people who thought i'd really love a colossus but it's just too big i can't fit it in my mm. studio whereas maybe the maximum maximus they can i don't know i i yeah. hopefully we'll see this at synth or even at bristronica we'll be able to actually get some hands on it it's all yeah, thing flipping, it, make, it? It, it makes you feel warm inside that there are people out here doing this, <laughs> and it's working for them. I mean, that's i don't I don't have any yeah. uh, any other thoughts
1: of it apart from that, yeah, warm inside, slightly intimidated, perhaps. but I mean, it's like a flipping eight voice, isn't it? I mean, because we've all played on that now because we all have the cherry audio one or the uh, the gforce one, um the oberheim eight force uh, yeah. eight voice plug-in thing, and you can sit for hours just adjusting. Uh, with your mouse, this is me with my mouse, adjusting uh, you know, oscillators and bits and pieces on each of the voices. And now we can do it for real, which, well, obviously we can't, but we can go to a show where we can do it for real, perhaps. So that's very exciting. I mean, what an, extra- <laughs> what an extraordinary thing. I think you're right about the Colossus. I mean, who is buying those things? But somebody is, and it's amazing, but I don't know where on earth uh, I would even con- contemplate putting one. But the uh, Yeah, well, Maximus- that's part of the issue, isn't it? You know, there's mm. I've got space over there. I reckon I could put that in, and <laughs> um, that would sit quite nicely. Uh, it doesn't go well in, in it, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The A3, I can't remember
0: what it was called. Yeah. That's. It's got to keep... I mean, the one thing it doesn't say is whether there's an actual polyphonic uh, controller with auto-tuning and stuff. It looks very much like... (laughs) Yeah, if you want to play eight voices, fill your boots, there's the stuff, you know? You know, turn it up, tweak it. I mean, which would make it a lot easier to make because, as we know... Big analogue VCOs, keeping them in tune in a polysynth is one of life's great mysteries. It's not something that's very easy at all, and I I do believe they are VCOs, so I think it's probably a manual Mm. tuner, Tuner sort of scenario, or maybe if you can afford one, then you can have a chap who would, uh, or a, or a lass who would just be <laughs> yes, there. Absolutely. Like they used to line lining up the tape. Can you just tune up the synth, please? It's the same sort of deal, isn't it? This sort of uh, tape op, the synth op. Maybe you get the same sort of deal with that. Maybe you get a week's, maybe you get mm. a month's three subscription to uh, to a a, a a synth tuner coming around and tuning you up every once in a while. But I'm glad it <laughs> exists, and I bet up. it's like. I bet it sounds great. I know, Joad, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, this sounds like the antithesis of the sort of thing that you would want in your studio because of the repeatability issue. But it would certainly look good for your promo shots in the back wall, wouldn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, and at uh, three grand per voice, that's uh, it's not bad. I think that, you know, if you talk about, um, about kind of a central or a, a way to control the tuning... Then, I think for me to even consider something like that, I mean, it's uh, way out of of, of uh, what I'm willing to spend on on a, on a synthesizer. But uh, uh, the ability to sync the controllers so you can adjust it from like you can do on the GForce uh, OBX, mm. uh, yeah, oh, um you know which that's the benefit of, of working and by the way I will say it again the GeForce plugin is is I think the best virtual analog uh, synth out there in in software it sounds amazing uh, it has that quality of, of analog that uh, that you 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 don't often get you, you you hardly get or you don't from any other software synth but um, but for me to to even consider something like that it will have to be able to, you know, to, to, to set up the preset on, on one module to be,
0: that would be good to wouldn't with all you... the
2: others. And then you want, if you want to detune or to tweak or whatever, then you can go from there. But if you have to, for every patch or every change you want to, to make, you have to do it eight times. It's uh... and also why not make uh, a four voice? Kind of a version of that for 10 grand. You know, that way, because how many times you actually use the, you know, I have the the pulse, the Waldorf pulse, I have four of them, and I have this software um, that, Polymer, it's called, that kind of, uh, you know, assigns the voice so I can play it polyphonically, and obviously I control it through software. Um, And four voices. That's uh, enough for most things, and if you need a, if you have to re- record like a pad with a long release or something like that, then you can always. I'm not playing. I'm not using it for live, so I'm always at the studio. So it's not a problem for me to mute every other chord and record one pass, and then you know, right? Do the yeah, opposite that would and record massive. another part. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so four voices should do the trick uh, for, for most uh, also well, for something like never, that you would mostly use it for baselines and and leads and stuff anyway um, I'm, assu- that's I'm not assuming Tom, ultimately though,
1: no I that's suppose that's not not, that's no, not Tom, Tom is go big or go home you know <laughs> Time,
0: time again. I, assu- I assume, I, I mean, I assume that all of these things, you know, I mean, essentially it says it's an eight voice poly. I, I can't see any, I mean, I need to find more details about whether or not there is any, a, po- a specific polyphonic aspect to maybe a controller module or something, which makes any of those potential, you know, uh, tuning issues or, you know, copy settings from one to another or control one. You know, if you, if you had the ability to have CV control of the top module, that just essentially mirrored down to all of the, mm-hmm. the, the the controls on the other one and you but you could also break that that would make a lot of sense but you'd still need to be able to just tune them probably tweak them and tune them but good for mm. him i mean i really hope we're we're looking we will see it at synth or Brestronica. Uh, bristronica i mean that's what i'm hoping so yeah nice one so do yeah, check it out he missed,
1: uh, he missed a trick by not putting in those um automated knobs from the nina synth you know if the whole mm-hmm. thing moved, and oh. you can move one voice and the rest moved with it you know, surely you could
2: Ooh.
1: what for another ten grand? You could put a layer of control in like that. So there you go. That's a tip for you there, Tom. Stick that okay. in. Excellent. That'll be a winner. That
0: sounds good. Okay. Well, you can have that for nothing. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, Gaz is in the chat room. Uh, just want to point out he was. Uh, he mentioned he's got. A, he did a, a great video where he went to the synth museum in Austria with uh, Florian from Bad. Gear, and I think they were supposed to have a show last week where they were going to talk about it, but now they're coming on this week. So if you want to check that out, that's at 8 o'clock this evening, uh, I believe, uh, or somewhere around then on the uh, Gaz Williams uh, channel, so at Gaz Williams, so do check that out. Um, all right, um, I, I'm wondering whether or not, you know, we've been talking about all these kind of uh, mergers and acquisitions to a degree, or certainly financial shenanigans. We shot. We probably should just give a quick nod to uh, uh, Miss Katy Perry, uh, who has just, uh, oh, if I think I've pressed that, that should work. Yeah. Katy Perry sells her entire music category, catalogue, well, from 2008 to 2020, uh, $350 million. That's actually uh, US dollars. So it's more close to 225 million. Uh, So, you know, still a lot. And this is quite interesting. I mean, I don't know, you know, lots of people don't like sort of high pop. I think Katy Perry pop music is absolute, the absolute pinnacle of that kind of thing, and she's written some absolute bangers, and some of those are going to be included in that. It's an interesting thing that, you know, Private Equity Group has bought this, which I always find, it's a bit opaque, you just sort of think, oh, couldn't it be, like, a record label, or someone, someone we've heard of, who make, is involved in music, rather than some sort of investment company, but yeah, um, it's uh, via Litmus Music. And on Monday, Monday, they would enter a creative partnership with Perry. That included management of the five studio albums she released on Capitol Records. One of the Boys, Teenage Dream, Prison, Witness and Smile. But yeah, a bit opaque. But it does make you think, well worth writing those songs. Imagine, you know, one of those. So that would mean uh, that's five albums. So let's say 60 songs. What does that equal per song? So 225 million per song. That's a bunch, isn't it? That's like... Uh, 3 million quid a song. No, 30 million quid a song or something. Anyway, a lot. Hi, Robin. Do um, you have any songwriting aspirations? Does this sort of thing make you think, you know, I really should, or there's no point, it's all about high finance. It does feel a bit, a bit mucky somehow, yeah. even though I'm kind of pleased for her because she can afford
1: some uh, nice dresses yeah. and holidays <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, there's no romance in it though, really, is there? I mean, there's not even any rock and roll for that matter. It doesn't feel very... Uh, you know, it I don't know. It doesn't sort of embody the spirit of of music and what we got into songwriting for. I mean, I've got a I've got a SoundCloud somewhere near my MySpace page that I can, uh, you know, that that shows off my songwriting prowess. Um, it is it's a lovely idea that that the effort that you put into something like that does eventually grow some kind of fruit and ends up financing a small third world country. You know, I think there's um there is a story in that. Um, I just don't I'm not sure where where any of us fit into it it seemed to be a, a very much another worldly uh, a, another place of as you say mergers and acquisitions where people are funneling money around from ridiculous places to places I'm not sure how that how that affects anybody and in some ways I mean isn't it ultimately taking money out of the industry isn't it some other group of people now has mm. control over this stuff who hasn't necessarily got any interest in in you know the emotional impact that people have with this music other than it being a commodity and i wonder whether that's useful or helpful ultimately does it just help the perry estate and and her legacy i suppose is that a bad thing good thing i don't know we're i mean we ultimately we're very precious about our music and how we feel about it and this sort of thing throws that into i don't know it, it puts a very bright light I think on something what we want to keep warm, cozy, and somehow emotionally connected to ourselves. So, uh, well, there you go. There's a bunch of thoughts. Yeah, no, that. I would
0: agree. I, I, I suppose what we don't know is what she's likely to do. You know, maybe she's going to start her own label and start bringing talent through. I mean, we just don't know what you would do. I don't know what anybody would do with that sort of money, but she could do a lot of mm. stuff. But it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, pop music is. It's it's considered by many. You know, when you're a kid, it's aspirational. But when you're doing, mm. I mean, you know, Yoad, I was looking, just happened to look the other day because uh, there was a whole bunch of stuff that came out. I said, oh, I think Yoad yeah, mixed one of those. You know, and you've done a lot of mixes at that sort of level with that sort of material for that kind of that pop thing. Do you do you get a sense that there's I mean, is it just money, or is it about success? Or I mean, you know, do what are the motivating factors? Do you think behind the thing? Because some of those, some of the, some pop bands are manufactured. Some are authentic. Like Katy Perry struggled for a long time. You know, she wrote loads and loads and loads of songs, mm-hmm. and her story is quite a. You know, it's a, it's your classic. Went to LA, tried to make it, didn't make it. Had got knocked back a load of times, and then finally, you know, look who yeah. I am now. It's kind of that's a beautiful story in many ways.
2: I think it's the same story for everyone. You know, we all love music and we all make music and we're somewhere on the scale, uh, on the same scale. It's just where, where we are. You know, I, I was involved in, in, the like you said, a lot of uh, kind of high end mixing and production uh, and stuff like that. Still, still am. Uh, but I also was involved and still am uh, with a lot of writing. Um, Songs and uh, I have uh, over 200 songs uh, that I co-wrote, re- uh, uh, registered on on PRS. Not for not for those uh, not for that kind of money, unfortunately. But uh, you know, it uh, it it pays the bills uh, and uh, and and it's passive income, and it allows me to to buy the gear I want to buy and to do the things I I, I you know it. It's, it's great to have that kind of thing. And I encourage anyone who is listening or who is watching us to, to, to write because that's where, the, that's where the money is. There's, there's money in neighboring rights and performing rights and stuff. And that is because I'm involved in a lot of uh, production and additional production where I play and do programming and stuff like that. You know that, Nick, because you... Yeah, yeah you, absolutely. So, so that's, uh, that's decent money as well. Uh, but obviously, publishing is is where the big money is. Um, I suspect that uh, these kind of big um, uh, purchases uh, or or whatever you want to call it, or transfer of rights and all that. I think it has to do with with uh, NFT, and I think that these um, investors are planning to 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 make the money back by redistributing the rights through NFT somehow. I'm not an expert in that field, but I have a feeling that it's part of, of, uh, of uh, you know, they're not buying it to, to, to just sit on it and, and uh, no. you know what I mean? They because these, so- these, are songs to...
1: that, yeah.
2: these are songs that have done their kind of big income wave. You know, when, when a song mm-hmm. is released or when a product is released, uh, you you get the, the big surge of, of income, and then throughout the years, it kind of, you know, uh, it's like an ADSR thing. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. like a you know, it's like a piano uh, curve or something like that. Um, so um, yeah, that, that's not my, my thing. I'm not I'm not uh, in the in the music business. No, it's. Of, it's... It's an in-
0: it's- it... But it is interesting. I, I mean, I, yeah, I should point out, yeah, I mean, full disclosure, I've written a f- two or three songs that have, that continue to assist in my income stream and PRS on records that I play for. I, I, mean, I haven't done it for a long time. But it is, if you do get the opportunity and you are doing it, kids out there, anybody, you know, make sure you get your name down in the right place because you might think, oh, no, it's fine. I don't want to get involved in all that stuff. But it really is worth doing because there is a revenue stream there. I mean, it sounds a, a bit sort of. Cat, you know I'd cold talking about those things but that does that shouldn't mean that because you have a warm feeling about maybe the creative moment that it was done in that you shouldn't still be being paid for your work when it was done when there is income that's being generated for that otherwise it just goes into a big pot and probably goes to beyonce or somebody you know yeah so i mean it's it's, you should definitely do that i mean i think the reason i brought this up really wasn't to focus on the fact that look how much money it generates it's more about if you do write and if you do do things creative it's important to make sure that you write these things down in fact i was talking to matt hodson and he was saying you should you know you should uh, uh, register the, the the theme tune at the end of this which has been played on you know 700 odd episodes or however many it is now and I thought about it and I started the process then I thought no because every time I release every time we release a Sonic Talk I'm going to have a copy it's going to get a copyright strike against <laughs> yes. me which would be kind of weird. I mean, not that we spend a lot of time monetizing it, but the monetizing is in the, is in the ad. So maybe I should do it. I, I don't know. But then you know, all of these things they add up. You know, I I made the music. I put the music down. There's no reason to feel dirty about making sure that you 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 know you do the necessary admin and paperwork. It does seem a bit a bit difficult if you've not done it, but it, it, you do. You can do it via CD Baby and all these other places. They'll look after it for you. you don't necessarily have to have a big deal and talk to record labels, but I just think it's important that you do so that if you are creative, there is a way for you to get recompense. I think that's all I was trying to... One of the reasons I put this in there to a degree. I suppose that would be a fair point to to agree with yeah i mean it's great if you've got massive checks every 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 quarter but you know most of us don't really get that sort of thing but it's just a little bit extra that is worth making sure you're you're due if you're due you do it anyway um and I suppose that happens... And it's not just pop music that happens in, really. It, either, is it? I mean, it's in all kinds of stuff. It can be in, you know, library music. It can be in ambient music if it gets used. There's there's I'm, there's a guy, uh, DJ Puzzle, Jason Donnelly, who's based in LA. He's made a, 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 you know, a, a career out of doing this stuff. And he gets... Now he's been doing it so long, you end up with such a big body of work, and we know a few other people that do it. They get to sit in their studios and noodle all day... They do have to come up with, yeah, I need a short version, a long version, a version without this, a version without the theme, a bit that can loop. That's a bit of boring. But they essentially get to be creative in their own space and then people can buy and license their music. That's another way that you can get stuff without having to work specifically to a client because not everybody's cut out for that. I mean, I don't know, Mm -hmm. Robin, have you you had any commercial music uh, experience where you've had to kind of, somebody says, I need something that's a bit like the Magic Roundabout theme but with modular (laughs) and uh, heavy guitars, please by, by yeah, five yeah.
1: o'clock. Well, I have have a little bit, but of course, what you do immediately is step away from the modular because you know, there's no <laughs> yes. way I'm going to be able to replicate that when the guy comes around and says, oh, can I have a listen then? I say, well, just a minute. I've got to rebuild the instrument first. So, yeah, uh, I have had a little, but it's, it's, uh it, it is interesting. It's a fascinating thing. And actually it's helpful from someone who's usually sitting in their shed fiddling by themselves to have someone come in and say, I want something a bit like this. It's like, oh, really? That's, that's, you know, my whole thinking time has just been squashed down to, uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I don't really need to think about it now. I just need to do it a bit like this. So I think that, I think that can be helpful. Um, I mean, legendarily or legend says that Simon Cowell played like, triangle or something on every single track that he ever recorded for when he was a tape op in a studio somewhere and that's where he all his fortune came from so um if that's mm. true that's what we should be doing i guess i
0: think uh, i think his fortune came from selling uh, and exploiting the rights to uh, britain's got talent and uh, the x factor um before that i have a story well yeah. a story about simon Carroll. so when i was a lad uh, we did a remix of sunita uh, and we did. Nice. It was a, a, a song called "Love and Affection." It wasn't any of the cheesy. So it was an old Johnny trading song. They'd done a version of it. We just happened to be a bit more sort of, I don't know, flavored at the time. Completely, we did a remix. Uh, it was. It was pretty ropey I don't mind saying but for some reason the record company chose it and they decided that we needed to go to the studio where they recorded it so I had to go and sit with the original producers <laughs> of the track who was daggers at me looking at me like how did you get away with this why aren't they using ours because we're not going to get the mechanicals you know whatever because they were pros and we were just sort of chances so Sunita mm. came in she was the other side of the glass you know pretending to sing the song there was for some news piece and we were we were supposed to sit there, kind of going, "Yeah, that's good." And I, I somehow we were collaborating with the original producers in whatever the, the, the storyboard of this news item was. And at the end of it, um, Simon Cowell came in to pick her up because they were going out with each other. That's my Simon Cowell story. But uh, and at the same time, <laughs> my current my my partner, daughter, mother of our, our child. She was working as a temp agent in London and happened to work for Simon Cowell as a temp agent for like two weeks at the same time. How 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 coincidental is that? Anyway, that's not really anything to do with anything. I just thought I'd throw it out there because you might find it amusing. Right. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say.
2: <laughs> um
0: anybody got anything to add I just, yeah um, really yeah I would,
2: I would just uh, yeah I just remembered you know where BBC click so I wrote the the theme and all the all the music for that so that's uh, something that again it's you know it's played all over BBC world uh, obviously in the UK and stuff and you know nice. and, and that was fun that was actually fun to do because it's a it's a show about um, you no, know, technology. kind of gadgets and, uh, technology and all that, a lot of blips and, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, I, unfortunately with the Skype theme that I, that I did, uh, that all belongs to Microsoft. So I don't get any of that because that could
0: be big money.
2: 40 million people a day listen to it wow. or hear it or something like that. You know, that that's pretty be, good. That could be nice, but, uh, that's microsoft well the, there was uh, problem.
0: there was a guy in bath there was a guy in bath who wrote the music for the trade test transmission and uh, he 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 legendarily built a studio and <laughs> a commercial studio out of that but that was back i mean the thing is nowadays i mean without getting too uh uh, uh, uh sidetracked nowadays m- most you know we, we, previously you would be commissioned to do a piece you know you might get a fee then you'd also get a back end now most production houses in most places they want to do a buyout they don't want to be paying or administrating royalties for all of that stuff so quite often if you're working for mm. discovery or whatever particularly if you're not a big name I, I suspect thai gets residuals but most people don't you know most people is you know it's it's a hard thing to get it's just a one-off license yeah the there's cases. the there's
2: the story about the the nokia you know, tune, that, that it was bought for like $150 or something like that by the, from the guy who, who composed it. Right. Um, Oof. Yeah. Ouch. One of anyway,
0: on a ch- well, there's, there are lots of these sort of <laughs> stories. The industry is filled with them, um, as yep. I'm sure we could probably go on for ages about it. But I want to say, uh, I'm probably going to wrap things up now because I'm going to uh, uh, wrap My daughter's going to university this weekend uh, and it's uh, so quite a lot of change in our household. Wow. Um, so we're spending as much time as we can with her before she disappears and becomes an adult and has to do her own washing and all of those things. So we've got three days to train her up is basically what i'm saying and i need to get back and t- show her how to cook some spuds uh, but she'll be all right um, um so thank you so much everybody um robin um what's next for you have you got uh, um, a video coming up uh you doing your sunday yeah. modular
1: roundup your yeah new roundup yeah. Uh, show well? yeah well uh music technology is 10 10 years old in a couple Whoa. of weeks and so I've got to somehow come up with something interesting in a, oh, look, I'm 10 and this is what we did kind of thing. And the, the enormity of that, of trawling back through all the videos and trying to pull out oh, interesting gosh, yeah. clips is, is starting to weigh on me a little bit. So I'll probably just do a quick to camera and uh, uh, and that'll probably be it. But it's it's exciting yeah. to think about. Uh, it is actually, the day is the SynthFest day, funnily enough. So if you see me there, do feel free to uh, to buy me a synthesizer.
0: That'd be lovely. Ah, okay. As a t- for, for 10. Uh, and you, I've got a Patreon or something. Can people kind of uh, support you in some way to say yes, yes for 10 years of yes,
1: great stuff? There yeah, they certainly can. They're all that sort of thing. They're very welcome to. Brilliant. The one's very welcome to come on board. Right, excellent. Well, thanks very much for joining us,
0: Robin. And also, Yoad, right. uh, I guess you're going back to your super massive kick. In fact, there was a great comment. Um, I, I couldn't pitch it because it had an illegal character in it, so it didn't get the whole thing. But it was essentially uh, something along the lines of uh, what was it? S- fat, hard, harmonic, whatever. Uh, they're the new uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. they sort of uh, uh, <laughs> the kick descriptors instead. So you're going yeah. back to listening to kick really, really loudly for an hour or
2: two, yeah? something like that Uh, and i'm going back to uh, to the uk to my studio tomorrow and i have to mention that um, online mastering the the waves uh, mastering service automatic master ai mastering service that my team has worked on uh, at waves for many years uh, was finally released and that's the last product um, that i was involved with or kind of worked on uh, before I left WAVE. So that's kind of a sentimental uh, moment for me. And I hope right. it goes well. It's a, it's a really good product. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, an end of an era. Um, yeah, well, there seemed to be a lot of it
0: about. We're all having ends of eras at the moment, but, but hopefully beginnings of lots of new ones as well that's just Absolutely. a sort of a, a page turn in the uh, the rich tapestry of life or some other yeah. mixed metaphor i'm not quite sure anyway thank you very much for joining us thanks to everybody don't forget there's no show next week we'll, we'll be back on the 27th the 30th the third or fourth i can't remember when the next wednesday is uh, anyway that's it for this week thank you very much we'll see you all next time bye bye now